Um, this is kind of an old school ADHD 20 in that we're less prepared than we have been. <laughs> we used to like But wing. we do still have one of our primary tenets, which is an outline that we're going to possibly throw Probably out the window. Ignore. Exactly. Yeah. So we just keep getting throw back here and throw back here. I love it. I love the throw, throw back here. Throw back here. Throw back here. I often say, like, if I need assistance, I will find myself calling for an adult. Like, help, I need an adult. Mm -hmm. People try and point out, but Allison, you are an adult. To which I reply, right, but I need an adultier adult. So, adultier adult, yes. Throwback ear throwback is just fits right into that little lexicon I've got going on. (laughs) Lexicon ear lexicon. That's true. Uh, what are we going to speak uh, about? Oh, yes. Sorry. First, we have to say <clears throat> welcome, everybody, to ADHD 20, a podcast where we try to find the intersection between ADHD and D&D and or RPGs. In 2023. Yeah. We haven't settled on if we're saying D&D or RPGs, and I'm okay with being unsettled. Yeah, I wonder what we're going to feel like after GaryCon in just a few short weeks where we are going to be playing a ton of foreign RPGs and maybe we'll just be just swept away. Maddie, we could potentially record the next episode of ADHD 20 live together with our friend Fitz. There it is. You absolutely are correct. We can definitely do that. Are we going to just follow Fitz around with that sound effect? You know, like we're going to be together <laughs> live in person and you're going to be mm-hmm. like, Allison, what do you want for dinner? And I'm going to say, I don't know, Fitz, what are you feeling? And ding. I bet you I bet you I could create a There's series shortcut. For that. I was going to say, let's creep her out and do it. But this episode will be out before that. So, yeah. Surprise, Fitz. We're going to follow Surprise. you around with your own sound effect. You're welcome. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> creepy. 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 Speaking creepy of Fitz, kid. she actually submitted a question that we're going to tackle here in a few. But first. Yes. Shall we ADHD 100? Yes. Yes. All right. Who wants to go first? I will. All this right. time. Mm-hmm. I'm number 25. 25. What items have you crossed off your bucket list? Oh, um, have I crossed any items off my bucket list? My current working bucket list is I do. I want to see a concert or a show of some sort in every state in the country. Because I think wow. that there's a lot of cool venues in, in mm. I mean, all over the world. But I think the United States of America is a great place to start. Uh, not even close to accomplishing that bucket list. Although I do have a very strong showing across the eastern seaboard. I'm vamping for time here while I try and figure out if there's anything cool I can answer this with. Um. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Uh, you like music. That's, but, that's a But thing. I haven't done it. And so that's not answering the question, which is, have you? Oh. Um, I'm, I don't know if it was ever bucket list, but uh, like having a podcast is, is kind of up there. I used to want to be a radio DJ, like really super badly. Really? So getting, yeah, getting my voice onto the airwaves was, was a big thing for me. And I'll Mm -hmm. also say that going on tour with that fun little band was like, I wanted to be performing on said tour, but I like, I was, I 
was close enough to count, I think. So we'll yeah. consider those two things. Okay. Headway that I've made on the bucket list. Nice. I love that. Um, oh, my gosh. I got a one. Whoa. Okay. Tell okay. us about the first D&D character you ever built. Do you remember? Oh, no. I don't really remember as I was 10 years old. <laughs> and I'm sad about that. I spent the summer hoping to find buried treasure in a, in a storage space, and I came up empty. I was hoping I was going to find s- little Matt Bivens's binder full of D&D stuff, but don't know. Still missing. Um, I guess I could say more about the more recent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I created a half-drow elf whose name was Phelema. And Phelema was female, but had spent many, many years in hiding, uh, being hunted by her drow family. And so Phelema, to go into hiding, presented as a boy. So when we started playing, uh, my character was male. And then there was this big reveal where Phelema, oh no, actually Phelema is female. What? Um, what? <laughs> so that was really fun, though. And Phelema was a bard. Aww. So fun. Yeah, I she love was fantastic. Faye. I know. Good old Faye. Look how far we have Look come from our first characters. Look how wise now. we are. We're Look so how wizened. Wise. Sage. We're so wizened. <laughs> what a great word. <laughs> I know. I know. I was about to say the same word, which is amazing. All right. Well, that was fun. Always. Got a couple of topics today. I think we should start with Fitz's, perhaps. So we have a sweet little Discord server that Mm -hmm. we grow more and more obsessed with by the day uh, and like to kind of pull the crowd from time to time and see if there's any ADHD or TTRPG things that we haven't brought up or haven't haven't delved enough into detail yet. So Fitz asked a great question, and that is, I'd love to know if y'all are hit by the ADHD tax, and if so, in what ways? Are they the same or different? Are there hidden costs that you've been hit up with, specifically in the TTRPG space, because of the ADHD tax? I love it. Okay, so first, let's go over what the ADHD tax is. Um, That's going to be my suggestion, too. Yeah. So, okay, from Aditude... (laughs) <laughs> the website attitude, which is actually you know one of the one of the main ADHD websites, uh, it says the tax is why people with ADHD compared to non ADHD peers they're poorer in financial situations and exhibit difficulties with financial decision making. Number one, they exhibit poorer financial competency and capacity. They are more financially dependent on family members, and they earn less and attain lower socioeconomic standing over their lifetimes. It's the obvious and the hidden costs of living with the condition. And so, like, they, they give examples of, I had to go to the city courthouse for overdue library books. The library books were in the trunk of my car. They belonged to the library I drove by every day on my way to work, accruing fines. I'm years behind on taxes because doing mm-hmm. the taxes is difficult. I waste so much time shopping for groceries that only end up going bad. I waste even more money buying fast food. Mm -hmm. Those kinds of things. 
Yep. We pay for that. And I we do. I do. I don't know yep. about you. Oh, I definitely I do. do. I Big time. The grocery one is huge to the point where yeah. I have rearranged my refrigerator so that like one of the popular TikTok trends for ADHD and other executive dysfunction management thereof is putting your condiments in the uh, in the the fruit crisper. and veggie drawers, yeah, mm. the crisper, because you're good. Like if you want mustard for your sandwich, you're gonna go find the mustard. Yeah. But you have to put the asparagus and the apples front and center. So every time you open that, and I have done that, and it really does help. Um, I, I have found a problem with that though. Uh, now okay. my vegetables are not as crisp. <laughs> Maybe you just need to do like more short bursts more frequently mm. to the grocery store. I've also written myself notes, you know, so maybe you could put everything back in the crisper, but write yourself a little love note on the door and say, Matt, don't forget. Yep. My favorite uh, part of the ADHD tax is how willfully ignorant the rest of the population is about it. Case in point, I use HelloFresh. So mm. subscription-based meal boxes yes. and subscription-based things are terrible for people with ADHD because we forget. I forgot. I had skipped several weeks in a row, so I, I wasn't thinking about it since it had been so long since I'd ordered a box that somehow a week crept in. Suddenly, yep. I got charged the same day I went to the grocery store and bought a week's worth of groceries. So then it was like double burn <sighs> that I had just gone and spent... The fortune that yes. now groceries cost, and then also got charged again for a box that was coming. So I tried to chat their helpline and say, could could you give me a, a hall pass on this, please? And they had all these excuses for why, well, we've already printed mm. the slip. And in the end, I got half the cost of the box back and still received the box. So it wasn't the end of the world. Yeah. Um, and the, the agents, you know, fix for it was just set a calendar reminder no, for yourself. No, they actually said that to they you. They said that, <gasps> Yeah. Rude. Yeah, I had tweeted uh, a couple of weeks ago. I am notoriously bad at putting a soda in the freezer to get it really icy cold. <laughs> 99 yes. times out of 100, I forget about Douche. it and come back to an exploded soda. And so I, I, I wrote a very quippy tweet of like, I'm just a girl standing in front of future versions of herself asking her to please stop putting sodas in the freezer. In the freezer. And so many well-meaning people were like, oh, set a timer. <laughs> oh, oh, if it was that easy. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, and no. I know that these are real things that a lot of people do, so they don't yeah. do exactly that. But it yeah. is, it is not my, you have to get into the flow state with it, right? You have to remember drink goes in freezer, timer goes on phone. And I just right. have yet to figure out part B of that. So yeah, ADHD tax all over the place here. I've been trying this whole time to think of though, because Fitz's question was, are there hidden costs you've been hit up specifically in the tabletop role-playing game space? Yes. Um, mm -hmm. Right now, currently, my tax is supporting all of the incredible Patreon artists. Mm -hmm. I have to, okay, I have to actually set a monthly task mm -hmm. that keeps v vomiting up that says, check your subscriptions on Patreon, because yep. I usually join them to get something, which is fine. You can, you're allowed to do that. That's the thing about mm -hmm. Patreon. You can jump on and off. Uh, so I get on, and I get what I want, and then, you know, but I have to remember to move things around. So I'm definitely hit by that. I would say 95% of my Patreon, the people that I'm supporting on Patreon, are RPG. I also have a problem with buying rules and adventures and 
just guides of all kind. Mm-hmm. I just can't seem to not do that. And they're all great. I'm never disappointed. But it's a tax because it's not necessary. And it's difficult for me to um, not oh, yeah. do it. <laughs> I was very convinced that I needed the newly released hardcover Taldori Reborn campaign mm-hmm. setting. Mm-hmm. You want to guess how many times I have flipped open that beautiful book? Pretty sure it's sitting on my bedroom floor where I took it out of its box mm-hmm. six months oh, ago. So much of that. So much of that. So, I, yeah. I was limiting my ADHD tax to subscription-based things, but now that I think about it, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. That's it too, right? Like that's... Uh... My dice bag is. is just full of <laughs> <laughs> full of shinies I had to have. I could right. not live without. <laughs> right. Because that's the impulsive part, right? That's the impulsive part of ADHD. And yes, someone could also say, well, just don't do that. But it's, you know, even when we do put it on our calendar, because I do, I'll set up a subscription to watch something on a channel mm-hmm. that we don't usually subscribe to and we want want to watch the series. I have to put five alarms yes. that start Same. five days before. And sometimes even then, I don't do it. Even then. There is, for the record, for anybody wondering, though, if I can change, there is a weekly recurring HelloFresh reminder in my calendar. Oh, that's good. Now, I'm learning. I'm growing. There's a doctor <laughs> named Russell Barkley. And he he's one, you know, we, we've talked about how ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder is a terrible name for mm-hmm. how our brains work. But he calls it intention deficit disorder. Ooh. I still don't think that that covers all of it, but intention deficit disorder. It, it's so funny because I've met... I've met people who are not motivated to do things. And and I see that that is different from what I go through. Mm-hmm. I have every intention to do well. I have every intention to remember. I have every intention to do that thing on my list. Cancel that subscription, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But there is literally something broken in the doing. Yep. It's not laziness. And it's so hard to describe that. And the the sad thing and the frustrating thing is that so many people who have ADHD and don't know it, myself included at one point. Yes. Just so, because you're like, I guess I'm lazy. I guess I'm just lazy because. Yeah. I bought for a really long time that I was lazy while simultaneously bouncing off of walls because I absolutely have the hyperactive part of ADHD and always Mm -hmm. have. And I remember there being like, even as a child, me being like, I don't feel lazy, but I am exhibiting the symptoms that others, of course, I didn't think it in that eloquent of a way. But yeah, absolutely intentioned. I like that a lot. I did Mm -hmm. just think of another one. Um, that t- I think ties into RSD is how many times as neurodivergent types have we not asked for something that we deserved because we were afraid of the fear of rejection? Oh my God. That's an ADHD tax. You know, I, I just, yes. for one of my clients, Excellent. just asked for a new hourly rate for the first time in five plus years because I had myself convinced that uh, I, it's, it's not even that I thought I was undeserving, but I just had talked myself out of it before I ever asked the question. Yeah. I didn't give the client the chance to respond. And yeah. as soon as I said, hey, I, I, I hate to have to do this, but 
you know, my rate's got to increase. They said, okay, great. Tell us what the new rate is. Right. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. How many times have I just, the fear of rejection has paralyzed me to the point. And is that an ADHD tax or is that just living? Um, We could ponder that one all day. Yes, I think it's absolutely a part of it. And then going back to you, you know, contacting HelloFresh and and saying, hey, look, I I did this, and you know, let's pretend that they didn't they didn't condescend to you and say, put it on your calendar, <laughs> uh, you know, let's pretend that that didn't happen. But there have been so many times where I've had to force myself to yeah. to say, oh, I missed the thing, I missed I missed the deadline. They charged me. Guess what happens most of the time? They say, oh yeah, sorry, no problem. Yeah, you missed the deadline. That's okay. Yeah. I'll take it off. So, yep. so many times. It, th- th- yep. But I'm afraid. I'm afraid for them We're to say no. We're always afraid. Yeah. I'm afraid for them to say, ah, no, you missed the time. Go to hell. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah. ADHD tax. Yeah. All right. Shall we dive into the big chewy topic one. now? Yeah, let's <laughs> dive into the chewy topic. That was a really good one, though. Thank you, Fitz. Thank you, Fitz. Yeah. That was, that was fun. Um, but yes, this other topic came up. Uh, my brother and I were giving advice to someone in the Bivens Brothers show. We were asked if we had any tips and tricks to someone's first time playing Dungeons and Dragons. And we had so much fun for almost an hour talking about it. We had professional dungeon masters in the in the chat that were helping us out, and, and it was so fun. But here's the thing, the way that we were talking about it, I kind of stepped back and I was like, okay, wait a minute. Do I sound super freaking culty right now? Are we talking about a cult? Are we talking about the cult of Dungeons and Dragons? And it really started sticking with me. And a little bit of backstory is I have a lot of experience with cults. I've not joined one myself, but I've had two beloved people in my life join them. And one is still in a cult. And then one is, well, depending on who you talk to, is also possibly still in the cult. <laughs> a different kind. But anyway, um, I had a friend that I knew since he, he was eight, and we kind of grew up together. We were neighbors and went to a high school together and art school together, and then we started a band together, and we moved up to Boston eventually because we played Irish music. And we went to Ireland, and we then we said, okay, we're going to move up to Boston. So we moved to Boston, and before I even got there, I was finishing up work in the South. He was approached by some people. He was busking in the subway, and they said, oh, we also play Irish flute. You should come and have dinner. And he did, and he is still there. He's got five kids. They moved him to England because he was actually from Ireland, but his father is English. It's very complicated. They have very strong beliefs about your father's origin is where you are supposed to live, which I don't. I don't really get it. Um, but it was really, really hard and weird. And what I did was I was at Emerson College at that point, and I was going to be a, a writer. I was taking writing classes. Every single creative writing task I was given. I wrote about cults. I went to the Scientology place, and I and I kind of went in and talked to the people at the Scientology Center in Boston. I did all this research on the Moonies 
And, I mean, name them. Kool-Aid Kids. <laughs> Whatever they were called. Jim Jones. And here's what, okay, here was my takeaway, which I think was pretty adult for me as a 22-year-old or whatever. The word cult is not inherently bad. It is not a bad word. It has mm-hmm. been given a negative connotation over the years. And there certainly have been dangerous, scary cults. But a couple of the definitions of cult are a great devotion to a person, idea, object, movement, or work. The object of such a devotion. At its simplest form, a system of religious beliefs and ritual. And I think when I got to a definition like that, I said, oh, yeah, right. So when Christianity started, when Judaism started, when every religion started, it was a cult. It still is, I guess, because it is a system of religious beliefs and ritual, right? So that really helped me (laughs) with my friend because I was like, okay, well, there are religions that literally run the world in, in certain areas. Those are, mm-hmm. you know, they have to start somewhere. So maybe he's going to be okay. And he is. He's fine. He's fine, I think. I don't know. <laughs> I think he's okay. Uh, but then the definitions get a little scarier. A situation in which people admire and care about something or someone very much. Or too much. Or too much. <laughs> and that's where I started worrying. I was like, my, my, my cult trigger is mm-hmm. like, yeah, so what do you think, Allison? You have to talk about D&D as like, you know, the game that you might try once in your life. Uh, you know, a couple of buds want to try something new and say, okay, cool, we'll try D&D. And you play it and you move on. Obviously not a cult. But mm-hmm. hearing you and me talk about it? Is it a cult? So everything that you've just mentioned, uh, taken, you know, kind of from various by the book definitions of a cult. And also, <laughs> yes, to answer your question, as uh, someone who identifies Christian, there are yeah. culty things about it that I will go ahead and admit out loud and speak into the world. I think Allison's definition of a cult, like the things I think about that we haven't really, like we've talked about the object of devotion, right? We've talked about mm-hmm. a great devotion to a person, right? Mm-hmm. For me, the thing that separates a cult from a group of friends enjoying a hobby together, mm-hmm. one, there is always a very charismatic leader in D&D. Mm-hmm. We call this a game master. <laughs> Uh oh, where are you going with this? Okay, keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other part of that is if there is a leader, there must be disciples. There must be followers. Yes. Mm-hmm. And see, here's the thing. Here's where I-, I would start to argue on the pro could be considered a cult, could be considered, not black and white is a cult. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me choose my words carefully here, but could be considered a cult because there is someone charismatic, something charismatic drawing you in and holding you in place. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it is a group of people who might not find their way into each other's lives otherwise and Mm -hmm. might, I don't want to say might be preyed upon. That's a little bit more serious than I mean, although that is a facet of some cults, right? Yeah. Um, But I mean, those are, those are kind of the two big facets for me that, that do check the boxes here in a non treacherous way. And I, th- I think you just said it. That that is a big part of it. Like my friend Christopher, he he was preyed upon in in mm-hmm. the sense that there were techniques used by 
his group, mm-hmm. and it, I'm, I'm sure he uses them now too. It's the love bombing, right? Like the mm-hmm. and the certain techniques that those charismatic leaders kind of bring about, and, yeah. and so I don't see that so much in D and D. Yeah. I don't see that. I Agreed. definitely see the seclusion. I definitely see the there's room yeah. for cattiness. There's room for yeah. a holier than thou ness. There's definitely uh, factions that don't agree. Yep. There's like the uh, I, I, rules is written homebrew. Yep. You know, there's all there's yep. all of that. Yeah, we're a group of people who want you to be here because you want to be here. We don't want to hold exactly. you in place. Right. Um, that is, you're right, a very important distinction to make is that I've never felt like if I were to come to you and Fitz and Evan tomorrow and say, I love you guys, I'm going to need to pull back from D&D. Mm-hmm. I, like, I think that you guys would be honestly shocked because of my level of, <laughs> you know, passion. But I don't yeah. I don't think it would be, you know, a, a, a game ender for our friendships. Right. right? And I get that sense of then cults that when you when you leave, you have to break away entirely. There's no let's just be friends after this relationship. Right. It's either all in or all out. So in that way, I would say D&D is very not culty because we're very much a come as you are, stay mm-hmm. as long as you like. And, you know, with cults, you tend to think there's there can be one leader, right? There has to be this hierarchy. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I, I don't feel that way about D&D. Like, I no. think, you know, you love being a GM and are gifted at it. But I, I think any time that I have showed any kind of interest, you have been nothing but supportive and never know this is my game. Sit down, mm-hmm. peon, or no. anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> Things that Matt, you know, would never say. It's right. just, it was interesting, though, to hear you talk about your early experience with cults, right? Yeah. I was talking with a group of friends last week, and one of them was telling me about some Hulu documentary that they had watched on a cult that had preyed on young women in college. And as they're telling me the story, and as they're telling me about what this cult leader did to prey upon these young women, I, I was struck with the realization that like, at the wrong place and time, that could have been me. There was a, a prior mm. version of Allison that needed that love bombing and all of those different things. And I'm like, I'm really glad that I was never in that situation because I I probably would have fallen for it. Yeah. Right? Because somebody would have been loving me and giving me something. And it's kind of like narcissists where they Mm -hmm. make you feel, you know, and we've talked about even with us, like making people feel seen and heard and stuff like that. But that can also be used as a really dangerous instrument of manipulation. Um, So it's interesting to hear about you, you know, like I had the sliding doors moment when you were telling them, I'm like, but Matt, you, you know, started out playing, you know, tin whistle and pan flute and all of these things. What if you had been in the subway that day? Right. Instead of Christopher, would that have, it doesn't sound like it, but I'm here saying, oh, if I had been in the wrong place at the wrong time, this podcast would not exist because I would be too busy living in a cult somewhere. That's interesting that you say that. That's real talk. Because I could see that about you. But mm-hmm. I have to say that would definitely be young Allison. Like I don't mm-hmm. I don't I wouldn't see that now. I definitely no. would not see that. No, not now. now. And the people that I've known, there is something in them that needs it. That needs it mm-hmm. real bad. Whatever it is that Okay, here's here's what I've thought is the difference. 
and this is just my own opinion, but in my mind, the people who are really, really susceptible to joining cults are ones that do not enjoy the process of thinking for themselves, mm. of being for themselves. I'm not saying that they don't have thoughts. I'm definitely not saying they're not intelligent. Christopher was very intelligent, but there was always a, a need for him to join so that he mm. could just have it go. You know, before the cult, he either wanted to be a monk or be in a band. <laughs> Honestly, both of those are pretty culty, <laughs> I will admit. Because the band is a secular group. You have to depend on each other. You have to do things. Yep. Except the difference is, you know, it's a very small group. Not everybody can join. But I think that the the people who are really drawn are, are the people who have a harder time thinking for themselves. And yeah. I don't think, think of you as that way. Okay, so let me yes and that. Mm-hmm. With this, I think that there comes a time in everybody's life when you realize nobody's coming for me. Nobody's coming to save me. Mm-hmm. I got to do this myself. And I think that that's when your life truly begins is when you have that moment of I and I alone am responsible for my own happiness. Mm-hmm. Right. So put another way, it's not that somebody is requiring someone else to think for them. But it does suggest to me that they are in a thought pattern of, I'm relying on outside forces to fulfill me, to make me happy, to drive me. Yeah. Is how I would, I would look at that. That's better. <laughs> and, That's better. Yeah, let's not bring intelligence into it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Prior versions of Allison definitely relied heavily on outside stimuli. Is that is it stimuluses? Stimulus high? Stimuli? Mm. Anywho. Mm. Stimulamos. I, Stimuli. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Younger versions of myself wanted to be, I want you to feed me. I want you to entertain me. I want you to provide me my happiness. Uh-huh. 40-year-old Allison understands nobody but me is responsible yeah. for that. Not my partner, not my friends. You know, nothing. So I mean, you're still a fan. The, you are still exceedingly well, good at being a fan of things. <laughs> like, but, but it's different. There is a level of of scariness. Again, I'm talking about when I saw my friend go. Mm, no, I'm making this decision. You are mm-hmm. not a part of it. I'm giving away all of my things. That is, that's not just being a fan. That is, that is what you're talking about. Yes. That is like, hey, I'm going to dive off a cliff. And these people yes. are going to catch me. Yeah. Well, and it's the it's the separation point, I think, that mm-hmm. is maybe the defining crux of is it a cult or isn't it? A fandom, if we want to use that word, is people who enjoy and share the same things mm-hmm. and are still encouraged to go about their lives with their normal day-to-days and have other loves and other fandoms. Whereas cults right. seem to be, I own you, you only belong to me, you must dissociate with everything that you were previously and level up. So my wheel are now turning as to how we can bring (laughs) all things ADHD back to all things RPGs. What classes of D&D are most likely to become members of a cult? Obviously Paladin, obviously Monk. Mm, mm, mm -hmm. Yes. Clerics, I would even go as far. Or or Warlocks, you know, if you are given your powers by a higher power. Yes, is your higher power (laughs) that, that beautiful leader. Yep. Mm-hmm. The culty, culty, culty leader. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. 
Ooh. And and then the second question is, what classes would be the cult leader? And that would definitely be warlock, right? That would definitely be <sighs> clerics and warlocks. Yeah, I would see it as cl- clerics first. Yeah, clerics first. Because paladins like, would be cultists. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Monks are cultists. They're part of the fandom. Yeah, monks are cultists. The, yeah. You know. Yeah, they're, they're, they're part of the fandom. Yeah. But- <laughs> Are we bad people, Matt? <laughs> I don't know. I knew this was going to be a touchy subject. I, I tried to warn you. I was like, I don't know if I have a, a fully formulated concept of this, but I like where we've gotten to, though, because I think we've made points that prove that Dungeons & Dragons is not a cult, that it's mm-hmm. way too big, it's way too broad, especially if you open it up to role-playing games, then it's like yeah. endlessly large. It is It is definitely something that you can fall, quote-unquote, prey to intense fandom for, <laughs> like us. You could definitely do that. I think, though, that this has been a really important discussion for us to have of reminding ourselves and hopefully any listeners that not every fanatical group is a cult. Yeah. Yes. And... So we learn something through doing this that we, you know, uh, can be kinder and gentler with our words and our labeling of things. Because I think anytime it's something that you don't understand, it's just like people saying like, oh, Allison is all about manifestation and spiritual shit now. She's woo woo. Well, not really. Like, but you don't understand it. And so instead of taking the time to get to know what's actually going on and making assumptions about what I do and don't believe, you know, you're just going to label it as Allison's being fanatical about something. Not you, by the way, and certainly not any listeners, but people in my life have and will continue to do that. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) no. I'm using you very broadly here. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it is the broadness. It, it does have to do with the extent that it has permeated culture, right? Mm-hmm. So we know that meditation and yoga, it is proven scientifically that those things are good for human beings. Like, mm-hmm. was there a time where no one would have done that in the United States mm-hmm. of America and they would have called it woo woo and it would have made a more people uncomfortable? I am sure, sure. But mm-hmm. now it's just too broad. Christianity is way mm-hmm. too broad to be a cult. And it was very important for me when I lost Christopher to come to that in my 20s. That cult is not a bad word. It's not inherently mm-hmm. bad. It is just, uh, you know, it just has some parameters attached that, sure, could be dangerous in the hands of any charismatic leader, but... Mm-hmm. Let's focus on the good things and the good outcomes. And if you find yourself in a group, let's say you're someone who has not played Dungeons and Dragons. Maybe you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you're like, God, I really want to try it. And then you you find a group and it feels weird and you don't like it. You don't like them. And they're saying things you don't like and they don't have any X cards for safety. And you, you just genuinely yeah. feel it's creep town. You've entered creep town. You can get out. You come play with yeah. us, and we're not creepy. I don't think. I don't think I'm creepy. I, I mean, I, I can be creepy sometimes, but not not like that. <laughs> you never. 
There are ghosts next door, Allison. There's a ghost next door, Allison. I think this is a really good time to remind everybody, though, that like anything else, you should take things for a spin before in dating, in friendship, and find, Mm -hmm. you know, one of my friends was uh, going to therapy for the first time in their life. Mm -hmm. And I had to tell them, it is okay if you do not click with your first therapist. It is okay Mm -hmm. if you do not click with your first three therapists. Like, give it a session or two, because, you know, the whole getting to know you thing can be awkward, but you should click with who you're working with on that personal level level. Same thing with your D&D group. So if it's not clicking, Mm -hmm. there are other offerings out there and it is okay to test drive hairstylists, (laughs) therapists, cars, cars. Yes. You know, yeah. but I think we tend to look at every move we make as potentially permanent and right. l- like with very few exceptions, like for, I don't know, having kids or dying, most sure. decisions that we make day to day, not permanent. So nope. you can get a new job, mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, a new lawn guy, yes. a new cult anytime yeah. you want. Anytime you want. You have our permission. Your cult leaders give you permission. <laughs> <laughs> we brought it right back around, didn't we? We sure did. We rolled high on the charisma. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we did. We did. We're pretty glad. Allison, thank you for being on, on my podcast. Thank you for listening and being a part of our ADHD 20 and larger Bivens Brothers creative community. If you're looking for more, we have a hoppin' Discord that a couple of us affectionately call the Honeycomb Kill Room. Look for the join link in the show notes. We talk about all kinds of things. TTRPGs and ADHD for sure, but also TV, comics, video games, movies, theater, our pets, and really anything else on our minds. Come be nerds with us and all our friends. We also have a Patreon. Every day, work on a Bivens Brothers original is senselessly ignored for the sake of billable hours. And those podcasts, videos, and live streams are crying out for help. For just $2 a month, you too can be a Bivens Brothers angel, ensuring this content is seen and heard. By supporting our Patreon, you're helping more Bivens Brothers originals like this very podcast see the clear light of day. The best way you can help us, though, is just to share this cast with the people you think will like it. Thank you for being a pal to us as people, to ADHD20, the podcast, and to the greater Bivens Brothers creative commonwealth of nerds.